What's amazing about this trail here is there were literally about three quarters of a million people, pioneers, immigrants who came from Independence, Missouri that drove up this trail. This is the Oregon Trail and this was the, the pathway for them to, to Oregon for a new life to the Wild West. You see, God gives us trails. He gives us paths to follow. And as we follow those paths, we know that there's a destination in mind. These folks didn't come here and blaze the trail. Somebody else blazed the trail. Uh, years before them, and 150 years ago, they came and followed this trail. We're at a place right now. This is called Three Island Crossing. This is uh, where they would cross the Snake River. And you can see across the way that they, the trail, as it comes down the mountainside here, as the cliff, and then they would come across, the, the, the Native Americans, the Indians, the Shoshone and uh, another tribe would lead them across the river to these islands. They would come across this river and then they would come on shore here and continue on the Oregon Trail. A trail always leads somewhere. Some trails lead to a destination that's a dead end. Some lead to freedom. Some lead to life. Some lead to death. The Bible says that if we will trust in the Lord with all of our hearts, He will direct our paths. He'll lead us on the trails that lead us to where He wants us to be. Well, welcome Alive Church. Just like the Oregon Trail led to the West for those pioneers, there are trails that God gives us. There's paths, the Bible says, that God gives us that lead to life. And on the counter of that is, there are paths that if we follow them, they will lead to destruction. Last week we started this series. I want to welcome Church Online as well. Hope you guys uh, were here for last week. If you weren't, go back and catch that archive. We started by looking at the path principle from Proverbs chapter 3 in this series, Destination 356. And the path principle says that direction, not intention, determines your destination. In fact, I have it in your notes. Let's read it out loud together. Those of you church online, you can download the notes right there uh, if you'll click the button. But let's read Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 together again just to set up today's talk. Let's read it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. Now, how many of you here, you want God to show you which path to take? Let me see your hands. Man, I do. I've been down the paths that were the wrong paths, that led to destruction before. I don't want that in my life and my future. Do you? I want to be on the paths that He has for me. So I put it in your notes, just as a review. The path principle. Direction, read it with me. Direction, not intention, determines destination. We used the illustration last week that if you were headed on I-10 West from Phoenix and you wanted to get to Tucson, you're in trouble. You have to turn around and get on I-10 East. Now I understand for those of you who are from other parts of the country, uh, maybe that's not your highway, but it makes sense. If you want to go to the East Coast and you're headed on a highway that says westbound, you're in trouble. You've got to get going in a different direction because direction, not intention, determines destination. Now today, we're going to follow up with this uh, with, a, with a talk that I've called uh, Should Have Seen It Coming. Have you ever had those moments where something happened in your life and you feel like, oh, I should have seen that coming? Or maybe really you did see it coming, but you didn't do anything about it. Anybody been there? Besides me, I've been there a lot. 
And, and this really is a talk, as we look at this principle and in Proverbs, about how to know which roads, which paths to take, how to follow God in these paths. I put it in your notes, and this is the one verse. We're only going to d- dive into one verse today, Proverbs 27, verse 12. Here's what it says. A prudent person foresees danger and takes what? Precautions. So they not only see the danger, but they take action. They do something about it. That's the key from this, uh, this talk this weekend is we see the danger, and a lot of us, we've seen the danger before on the path we're on, but we didn't do anything about it. It's like we felt like, eh, this will work out, or we hoped it would work out. That person, it says, the, the wise in the Bible, the, this word here, this, the, um, the prudent is also the word wise. Some of your versions will say that. Uh, sees the danger and takes precautions. Now, the simpleton, or a lot of your versions, it's the same word, the fool, goes blindly on. Now, they both see the danger, but the fool goes blindly on and what? Suffers the consequences. Now, unfortunately, I had an illustration uh, in my own life of this uh, while we were gone. Um, My wife is from Seattle, so they met up with me while I was on sabbatical, and we went to Seattle to see her family. And my kids, we've been everywhere in Seattle because, you know, we go there every year and uh, to visit family. But my kids had never seen, and they've seen it uh, advertised, they wanted to see the gum wall. Now, I'll show you a picture of the gum wall, in fact, real quick, and I'll tell you what it is. It's a a theater in downtown Seattle, and what happened was uh, people used to come out of the theater, and they would stick their gum on the wall. Well, the owners used to scrape the wall, and people just kept putting more gum on it. Finally, they gave in in a smart way and said, let's make this a marketing tool, and now people flock down there just to see the wall. So uh, I, I actually stepped in and took a picture. If you know me, this is so unlike me because I do not, yeah. I don't like people germs. You can see that I'm like, hurry up and take this picture. I'm out of here. Uh, my daughter took this picture. Christy, she posted on Facebook. My younger sister said, I cannot believe you got my brother close to that gum wall. Other people were walking up, putting their gum on there, and I'm like, I would not do that. I, you couldn't pay me to do that. So while we're in downtown Seattle, we're headed to the gum wall, this is the big event of our tour of Seattle. And, and by the way, if you go to Seattle and you want something to visit, you've seen it, okay? You don't need to waste your time. In my opinion, you don't need to go. Um, so we are, uh, we're headed down there. And if you've ever been downtown Seattle, you can't find parking. It's hard. So we're looking for a parking place. Finally, we come to one of the pay places. And I'm like, okay, we're going to have to just pay for parking. And they had some openings. I pull in there. There's a big sign out front. And the sign says... Uh, $7 parking for like four or five hours. And it says go down to the below parking space to, to pay the, the bottom part of the lot. So I pulled in and there's a sign uh, right where I pulled in. It says something about certain cars. And I'm going, I don't think I can park here. And right about that moment, a guy pulls up on a bike and he says, sir, can I knock someone window? You can't park here. This is for certain cars we have. You can park right up behind you. So I back up. And as soon as I open the door, he gets uh, some envelopes out. They have numbers on them with my parking space. And he goes, it's $10. Now, my whole family at that moment, including me, we're going, this doesn't feel right. We could sense something was wrong. But he had the numbered thing, and I'm going, and even my daughter Katie, Kathy, we're going, it says $7. He goes, yeah, but it's the weekend. It's $10. You get the whole weekend. And so I'm getting my wallet out, and even my younger kids are going, Dad, something's not right here. And I'm going, I know, something's not right, but it's all happening so fast. And, and then he says, I need to get your license. He's writing down my license number, and uh, K- 
Katie's, my daughter's going, well, don't you need a ticket of some kind? And he says, no, I'll go down and take care of all that for you. It says you're supposed to go down. No, I take care of all that for you. I hand him my 10 bucks and boom, he just rides off. And we're walking by other cars and they all have the ticket lane in their thing. And we're going, oh man, he took my money. This guy took my money. Now, I was ticked. I was mostly ticked because I don't like to get taken. Anybody like to get taken? It wasn't because it was 10 bucks. I mean, if the guy was hungry and needed 10 bucks, I'll give him 10 bucks. I was taken, and I was mostly ticked because I was taken in front of my kids and my wife. I'm just be honest with you. As a man, I was ticked. So we're walking to the gumball, and I got, I was, you know, we were having a good time, but I was quiet. I was mad. And as we're walking across the street, I see the guy. I asked my family, I said, is that the guy? Because he had his hat off by then. They go, yeah, that's him. And I darted. I mean, I stopped traffic. It was like a movie. I mean, cars are stopping, beeping. And I didn't care, man. I'm getting this guy. I chased him down the street. I almost caught him. And then if you've been to Seattle, there's all these hills. He turned down a hill, man, and he just went. And my wife's like, what were you going to do? And I'm going, I don't know, but I was either going to take his bike or get my 10 bucks, one or the other. Well, unfortunately, the whole rest of the day, after the gum wall, my kids are like, Dad, we got to find him. Where's he at? My kids want to see what I'm going to do. And I'm like, oh, man, now I'm dealing with that part, you know. Kids see me being mad at somebody. And what I didn't like about it was I saw the danger coming. I sensed it in that moment, but I just kept going, and I got taken. Now, thankfully, it was just 10 bucks. For some of you, man, it, we've had those moments where it was a relationship. Man, should I marry him? Should I not marry him? Should I marry her? Uh, should I take this job? Should I have that partner? And we, we felt the danger, but we kept going. And the consequences were life-changing. We were on the wrong path. It led to destruction. It wasn't just 10 bucks. It was a life change for the, for the worse. The simpleton blindly goes on and suffer the consequences. But I want you to get this, and this is how we can live. The Bible says a prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions everybody say precautions now there are two people in this verse and it's important for us to look at both of them first of all there's the simpleton the fool and there's the prudent the wise and unfortunately we are both at different times in our lives but if we will live proverbs 3 5 and 6 we can live more on the wise side anybody want to be there man i do i do and, and you know 10 bucks whoopee but when it comes to life decisions i don't want to be taken I want to be on the path that God has for me. So let's look at the simpleton real quick. Here's some characteristics of the simpleton that we see in this one short verse. First of all, the simpleton doesn't connect today's decisions with tomorrow's outcomes. In other words, they don't see. They're like if you were here last week, and again, I would encourage you to go back and, and listen to that one, Church Online. It's archived on there. But it's like the young man. He just saw the weekend with the immoral woman as an event. But it's a path. It's a life-changing path. It's a road. It's a trail. He wanted to head to the East Coast, but he's on I-10 West. He's going to end up in L.A. They don't connect the dots. Uh, we, I was in the... I, I, I love NASCAR, and I was at a race in Talladega with a friend of mine a couple years ago. And afterwards, we had flown into Atlanta. We were driving back to Atlanta, and we were taking some back roads, and we stopped at this little tiny dive of a place to eat. This young gal's waiting on us. She says, where are you from? What, what are you guys doing here? You know, we tell her... Just came from the race, Talladega. And she goes, oh, my boyfriend, my fiancé was just up there. And I go, oh, so you're getting married? Congratulations. He goes, yeah, he had some problems this weekend. I said, tell me about it. Well, 
He wasn't supposed to go to the race, couldn't get off work, so he just decided to skip work. He took his dad's car, which he wasn't supposed to do, which was a Lincoln Continental, a very brand new, nice, Lincoln, high-end, expensive car, locked the keys in the trunk while he was at the race because he and his buddies were trying to tailgate out of a Lincoln Continental, which that just doesn't even seem, that seems beyond redneck to me. Uh, but he locked the keys in the car, couldn't get the keys, but he didn't want to tell his dad because he's in more trouble that way. So he drives home looking for spare keys without his dad knowing, couldn't find them. So instead of telling dad and getting the keys, he drove back up to the racetrack, this is like an hour away, with a crowbar. And he tries to pry the, the trunk open, destroys the trunk lid of the car, still can't get in, so he breaks the back window thinking he can go through the seat to the trunk. Ended up still having to call dad and getting the keys. So she tells us this story. She's waiting on us, you know, and bringing our food. And finally, I looked at her and I said, let me ask you something. You said he's your fiancé? Yeah. I said, after this weekend and what you saw in his life, are you still going to marry him? He goes, yeah. I said, I just wanted to tell you, you're heading in the wrong direction. Now, my friend, after she left the table, she goes, he goes, I can't believe you said that or even asked her that. I said, first of all, look, somebody's got to tell her. I said, it is so obvious. And that's the problem with, with fools. That's the problem when we get foolish. We are oblivious to the obvious. She was oblivious to the obvious. I said, second, she's so foolish in love right now, she didn't hear a word I said. She's going to marry that boy. I wish I had her number. I'd love to have seen how their life turned out. That's one reason we do life together. That's why life groups are so important, that we have people, when we're oblivious to the obvious, that speak into our lives. The second thing, uh, the simpleton sees problems ahead but continues down the same road. Now, if you look at Proverbs 27 here, they both solve problems, but the wise person makes a decision to make a change. The simpleton says, yeah, I'm going to hit the wall, but they just keep on going. It's like they're on a boat uh, in a river. And and I, I put a picture of Niagara Falls up here. You know, if you're headed toward this, the fool says, boy, that's a problem, but somehow it'll just work out eventually you run out of options and the consequences are great. The wise person sees the sign that says, hey, no closer than this, you won't be able to get out of the river. And they get out of the river. They take action. Um, I have to tell you, I, I, I had the thumbs up here for a reason. I want to pick on one of our staff members. He's out of town, but I did get his permission, permission Mike Gray. So these, they, these live in my uh, cupboard in my office. I really I haven't had a Tums for probably a year and a half, but I'm the one that used to have to have the Tums, so I always had a little thing of Tums in there. Well, the staff was always coming in during the day and said, can I borrow some Tums? And so pretty soon, this big thing ends up in my Tums. I'm like, what is that all about? And they said, well, we took all your Tums, so we replaced them, uh, and this isn't the first replacement. So this week, we were at lunch. The pastors, we were at lunch trying to catch up, and uh, Mike Gray, he says, ooh, that is hot sauce. He dips in hot sauce, and I said, let me try it. I mean, it was really hot. I love really hot stuff. So does Mike. But Mike, he can't take it. I said, Mike, are you going to keep eating? He goes, yeah. He said, I'll probably be in your cupboard this afternoon. And I'm thinking in my mind, oh, this is a great illustration for what I'm talking about this weekend. I didn't tell him that. Uh, but I wanted to see if it, it works. And he kept, boy, he's eating the hot sauce. Three o'clock. I mean, I looked at my clock when he walked in my office, and he says, I need to get in your cupboard. <laughs> And then I told him, I said, Mike, I've been waiting on you to come in because I'm going to use that this weekend. Are you okay? I mean, he saw it coming, and he's still like, and we do that, don't we? We see it coming. The waterfall's coming. 
Listen, the longer you stay on a path when you, where you see danger and you don't get on God's path, on the right path, get off that path, the less options you will have and the more you will pay a price. The more the consequences, the greater the consequences. Number three, the simpleton. They confuse conviction with an authentic relationship with God. In other words, uh, uh, the simpleton, will, they'll come to church and they'll go, oh, I just felt God's presence. I felt the Lord convicting me about the sin in my life. And then they leave and never change. But I felt so close to God in that moment. I had this religious moment. But if you never change, it's just foolish. Scripture shows us that. They never change. They confuse conviction with an authentic relationship. Fourth, is the simpleton travels the same path over and over, hoping for a different destination. Now, while we're at this moment, if you would, take out your phones. I want you to answer this question for me. And we've all had this moment. Again, I'm telling you, we've all been on the wise course. We've all been on the simpleton course. Uh, the Bible, uh, as we go through this talk, is about helping us stay more on the wise course. And I promise you, we'll still do some stupid things. Everybody okay with that? Okay, and those of you who don't think you will, you're going to be an example for me someday, okay? I promise. Uh, travel's the same road. So tell me, answer this question. What is something in your life where you did the same thing over and over and over, hoping to get a different result? I've had so much fun just even last night with this. You know, maybe it's, uh, well, Kathy and I, we, I shared it for us when we were young, getting out of debt, and we thought, we'll never go into debt again. And I cannot believe four years later we forgot what it felt like to be in debt. <laughs> Do you all know what I'm talking about? We did it again. They got out of debt again because of the pain. Then, four years later, you know, we've done it three times, and now, boy, we are committed. Now we publicly speak it so that we can stay out of it. The staff helps hold us accountable. Proverbs 27, a prudent person foresees danger and takes what? Precautions. They change. So let's look at the prudent person, the wise person. This is where we all want to live, right? Oh, come on, man. I'm not even going to tell you what the prudent person does if you don't want to live there. This is where we all want to live, right? Okay. This is, you might, might say, I'm not living there. Well, today you make a change. Now, some of you, after last week, you're saying, well, what if I'm on the wrong path? What do I do? This is what you do. The same thing that the prudent person does. You've got to get off the river. And I'm telling you, the longer you stay on that path, you know, if you see the top of the trees and you're on the river, if you feel the spray of the waterfall, it's too late. You're going over. Unfortunately, in the ministry, we see that all the time in people's lives. They don't come in to talk with pastors until they're already going over the waterfall. They don't come in to get marriage counseling until he's moved out or she's moved out. And then they come in like, we're going to fix it in an hour. And it's like, you know what? Here's, here's where I think you're at. He's probably already got a plan. He's probably got a separate bank account. He's probably got another girl. Oh, no, he'd never do that. I'm telling you, we've done this long enough. If you're at this place... You're going over the waterfall. No, 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 no. He just wants a space. And then two weeks later, they come back. Boy, you were right. Everything you said. How do we know that? Well, because it's a well-worn path. You, you waited too long to get out of the river. Don't, you don't come to get marriage counseling when you're moving out. It's two years earlier when you felt like, man, there's distance between us. This isn't working out right now. We're, we're kind of going our separate ways. You, makes sense, doesn't it? You see the warning signs. Take action. That's the first thing. Number one, take action. The fool and the wise, the prudent and the simpleton, they, they, they both see the danger, but the wise takes action. Everybody say that. Take action. 
In other words, I don't just feel conviction when God speaks to me. I'm in a good service. I feel that. No, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to take the next step. Here's what the Bible says. Here's what James 1.22 says. Let's read it together. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. In other words, you hear it, you feel conviction, and that's not it. I'm not closer to God just because I feel conviction. I'm closer to God because I'm going to obey. James says, do what it says. That's why one of our core values here at Alive is biblical authority. That our lives, we go to God's word and say, we're going to obey his word. Are we 100%? No, I'm not 100%. But every day, it's like, okay, Lord, when I feel like conviction, I want to I take action. I want to make a change. Every weekend, I want to take action. I want to get on the right path. James goes on, he says, otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. If you do, if you do what it says, let's read this together, because here comes the benefit, the blessing. If you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. I want to live there, don't you? The simpleton hears what it says, feels the conviction, but doesn't change. The wise person takes action. The prudent sees danger ahead and makes a course correction, gets on a different path. Now, I also experienced this uh, while we were gone, where I actually made the right decision when I had that sense of danger. Aren't you glad that your pastor didn't just foolishly? So I had this experience, uh, although... Some of you are going to think it's so crazy that I even got in the place of danger. So we were, when my family caught up and we were driving to Seattle, we went to Glacier. We love the national parks. We went to Glacier National Park. Well, I had a goal to see five specific animals and get pictures of them. One of them was a grizzly bear. So we're driving, and we went through the park. We spent the two days there in the park, and on our way out of the park, we still hadn't seen one. I'm about to give up. My daughter, Christy, has her permit. She's driving through the mountains. Nobody's around us. And she goes, Dad, there's a grizzly. I said, stop the van. And I wanted a good picture. He was about 20 feet off the, 15 or 20 feet off the road. My natural instinct was I opened the door and I jumped out to get a picture. And then I got a couple pictures and the bear turned to go down the hill. He saw me and he's going down the hill and I started chasing after him because I want a better picture. <laughs> Now, right when he went over the hill, and I'm about to jump down this about 20-foot, you know, just incline, I stopped, and I went, there's something wrong with this picture. I'm chasing a grizzly. I'm thinking, now, in just a moment, if I continue with this, he'll be chasing me. Pretty wise, don't you think? Well, to begin with, so I turned around, and I stopped, so here's my picture. This is as good as it got, because I didn't follow him on over the hill. Uh, so that's as good as it gets. You can see he's actually turning at this point to go down the hill. So at, at this, this moment now, I'm about oh, 25 or 30 feet behind our minivan. I'd left the door open. And uh, Kathy, she's in the back seat. And as I was getting out, she's already going, don't you get out of this van. You cannot, you know. Right, ladies? Doesn't that make sense? That was the voice of wisdom that I still went beyond. I should have. Uh, just, I'm telling you, it's just an adrenaline thing, guys. You, you all understand that, right? So... Uh, so at that moment, I, I have this great idea. I, I'm going, oh, now, Kathy, she didn't want me out of this van. And I realized, this is stupid. I cannot chase a grizzly bear. It's just dumb. And so I started screaming and yelling and running back to the van. I'm like, Christy, drive! He's coming! <laughs> well, Christy was watching in the mirror, and she's like, Dad, just get in the car. And, and by then, Kathy's like, I am so mad at you. She said, I could just feel the blood rushing through my head. My heart is pounding. She said, I thought you were under... Isn't that great, guys? 
I know. Well, so that was one of those moments where I felt the danger, and instead of being the simpleton, I realized I needed to take action. And I mean, I'm glad I did, because uh, I, I realized how stupid that is. Proverbs 27, a prudent person foresees danger and takes what? Precaution, takes action. I like the word action. We just use that word. Same word, takes action. The second thing that's a distinctive for the wise is it requires sacrifice. When you take action, it will require sacrifice because you may see, hey, everybody else is doing it. Why can't we just do it? And you go, I, I don't give up that pleasure. You know, everybody else is just going way over their heads in debt to get their college education. I don't want to have to work and save money and take a couple extra years. Uh, yeah, I know it's going to be eighty, dollars to $100,000. Everybody else was refinancing their house and just taking all this money. We know that it could crash. Everybody else flirts with other people even though they're married. Everybody else tells jokes about wives and husbands. You see, it requires sacrifice, a change when you take that action. People may look at you and say, man, you're crazy. Loosen up a little. If we do what everybody else does, we will get the results that everybody else has. When you stay on that road long enough, you're in trouble. We see precaution. We take action. And it will require sacrifice. Like I started with that video of the Oregon Trail. I love Old West history, so when we were driving by that, I'm like, man, we've got to use this. This is great. Somebody sacrificed to create that path. And the people who got on that path, that trail, said, we know where it leads. And not only that, but those people who were taking that journey had to sacrifice to get to Oregon. What a great story. There's a sacrifice to get to where God wants you to go. But there's a benefit. There's a blessing. Here's what Jesus said in Luke. He said, if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Now he goes on. He says one of the most profound things. If you're here today and you're considering being a follower of Christ, you need to know this. Read it with me. But don't begin until you count the cost. There's a cost for anything good in life. And if you're a person who says, well, everything in life that's great is free, that's not true. We say, well, relationships are free. No, there is a great cost. The person who has successful relationships, they pay a tremendous price. The best things in life cost. Sees the danger and takes action. Proverbs 27, 12. Third thing about a prudent person, a wise person is, you will be misunderstood. You will be misunderstood. Uh, I had a friend in Texas, and actually, you may not know the story from Mike Gray, but Mike uh, uh, and I, he actually hung out with my younger sister in Texas. I didn't know him. He actually took her out on some dates. And uh, when he moved to Tucson, he came to a live church, and he's sitting in the audience listening to me speak, and he's going, I know this guy from somewhere. And finally, he made the connection. You know, he hung around with my sister and a really dear friend of mine. He was best friends with him as well, but we didn't ever hang out. Well, our best friend, this, this friend of ours, had a roommate who was getting married at the time. That roommate uh, was marrying the wrong girl. I mean, you could just see in his life, this girl is not for you. It's going to destroy you. Well, Mike was one of the few people that stood up at the time and said, look, if you marry her, here's what's going to happen in your life, because this is a wrong direction for you. Well, instead of listening to his advice, he was misunderstood. The friend, the roommate, cut off the friendship. 
and said, I'm going to marry her anyway. Some of you have been there. You're like, I don't want to rock the boat. You will be misunderstood when you decide to get on the right path. And he was totally misunderstood, never heard from him again. A couple years later, he's driving on I-40 in Amarillo, Texas, and this car pulls up beside him, starts waving him down, pull over, and he realizes who it is. It's that guy who got married to the girl. He pulls off the highway, and he gets out, and he says, I just want to tell you, you were right. She nearly destroyed my life. And he shared his story of what he'd gone through the last few years after marrying this girl. You see, you will be misunderstood when you decide to see the danger ahead and you decide to take action. Because everybody's going to go, why? Just do Everybody's doing it. Just go with the flow. But here's the good news. First of all, let's look at this verse. Here's what Jesus said. We can expect this. He said, since they persecuted me, naturally, they'll persecute you. If you're on the paths that God has for you, the paths that lead to life, you will be misunderstood. In fact, Jesus said you'll be persecuted. But here's the good news. The good news is, the fourth characteristic of the wise is, you will have a sense of relief. In other words, there will come a time, it may be days, it may be years, it may be as you get older in life, there will be a time when you're gone, you'll see other people who were on that path, who teased you for changing, for avoiding that danger. There will be a time when you see in their life destruction. You'll see where they're going over the waterfall in their relationships, their finances, whatever it would be, their moral, morality. And you'll have that sense of, oh, I am so glad I didn't listen to them. I am so glad that I trusted in the Lord with all my heart. I didn't lean on my own understanding. And I let Him direct my paths. That moment will come. I promise you. And for them, you'll feel mercy and compassion. Galatians, Paul, in Galatians chapter 6, Paul said this. Let's not get tired of doing what's good. Read it with me, because this is a picture of feeling that moment of relief. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. That's the results of being on the right path, of seeing the danger ahead, of being the wise, the prudent, saying, I see danger and I'm going to take action now. You will receive a harvest of blessing at just the right time. You'll be misunderstood, but you'll avoid the pain, the problems, the danger that the waterfall brings. You'll have that sense of relief. A prudent man, a prudent person, foresees danger and takes precautions. Now, here's what, what I want to give you. I have a prayer for you at the end here. And it's really just taking Proverbs 27, 12 and making it a prayer. It says this, Lord, help me to see trouble coming long before it gets here. Everybody say long. I don't want to see it when it's too late and going over the waterfall, do you? Long before it gets here. And give me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it. Would you read that prayer with me? And I want you to make this your prayer this week. Church Online, read it out loud right where you're at. Lord, help me to see trouble coming long before it gets here. And give me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it. You see, a lot of times we don't take the action because we don't feel like we have the courage to do it. God, give me the courage. Ephesians, Paul says he empowers us with a mighty inner strength from his glorious unlimited resources. He gives us his courage through the Holy Spirit. If you wait 
the longer you wait when you see the danger, the less options you will have and the greater the consequences. If you wait till he's moved out or she's moved out to get marriage counseling, you're going over the waterfall. If you wait to decide about your moral issues after she's pregnant and you're still trying to figure out if you're going to get married, you're going over the waterfall. You see, the church, one thing that in the church we get to this point, and Christians, we love to talk about, well, can't I be forgiven? Yes, but there are consequences to sin. There's danger, and God gives us warnings. Any kayaker will tell you, they, they put warning signs, signs on the river that say, you know, trouble ahead. And the kayaker will tell you, they get out where the water's calm. They don't wait to see what those rapids are like when they get in the middle of them. They get out and walk ahead. You do it now when you see the danger. If you wait till all of the people you owe money to, all the credit card people are calling, and you can't stand to open the to, to pick up the phone anymore, to start getting help with your finances, you're going to pay a tremendous price. If you wait on your health until the doctor says, you either do this or you're going to die, you're in trouble. You're in tr- deep trouble. And the list goes on and on and on in our lives. Don't wait. The prudent person sees danger and takes precaution, takes action. Now, I asked you earlier, what are some things you do over and over and over? Uh, somebody said, um, sitting down at the computer, thinking it's just for a minute. Three hours later, I'm shaking my head, wasted time. I'm a work in progress. Well, we all are. Aren't you glad? Uh, somebody else, dating bozos. <laughs> and I don't think she means clowns, do you? Uh, somebody else, it may be debt. Uh, boy, that's a, a, several of them on here with debt. Uh, procrastination is one. Somebody else said here, watching a uh, uh, message in a bottle, hoping for a different ending every time that he would live. Hey, the movie ends the same every time, okay? <laughs> now, the bigger question I have for you is this. What are you doing over and over and over in your life right now? You see the danger, but you just keep going. You see that you're going to hit a wall ahead, but you just hope somehow it'll work out and you won't hit that wall. You see the waterfall. You're going over, and you're going, ah, I'll deal with it when I get there. The longer you stay on that path, the less the options you will have and the greater the consequences. Make the decision today to say, Lord, I want to walk in wisdom. I am not going to lean on my own understanding. I'm going to trust in you. Will you direct my paths? Make the decision that today you are going to take action. And I put on your connection card on the, the next steps that you'd say this week, Jeff, uh, n- my next steps this week, I will return to the path that God has for me in the area of. Now, some of you, you may leave here and you're going, I'm perfect. Some of you may say, I need to pray about which one to take first. What is that? Write it down so I can pray for you. And this week, take that action. Make that your prayer. Lord, help me to see trouble coming long before it gets here. And give me the wisdom to know what to do and the courage to do it. Father, in Jesus' name, as we come to the end of this talk, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts. There are a lot of folks right now, they, they're going to write down. Church Online, you can do this as well. Fill out that card. Write down saying, I, I'm going to return to the path. They, they realize there's danger on this path that they're on. And today, they're making a decision with your help, with your courage, with your insight to take action. 
and get on a different path. Because we realize that truth, Lord. Direction, not intention, determines our destination. We don't want to just keep putting it off. You've been giving us the warning signs, the conviction. Today's the day we're going to take action. Lord, for everybody who writes that down, drops it in the offering plate here in a moment, I pray for them even now before I see what it is that you would give them the courage to take action this very moment. And when they leave this service today, when they get offline, that they would live this out. You would give them the power, the courage to take action, go a different direction, even when others consider them foolish, misunderstand them, maybe they lose friendships over it, but they're going to get on your path. They're going to trust in you. Quit leaning on their own understanding. Give them that sense of strength right now. And whatever, if it's you and you're saying, I, I've got a place in my life, just, Lord, help me. Pray that right now. Say, I make this commitment to you. And as we're praying, for some of you, uh, you're listening right there online, you're here today, and you say, Jeff, I've never made a decision to get on the path to follow God. Starts there. Pray this prayer. Say, God, help me. Help me to, to make that decision. I invite you into my life. Forgive my sins and all of my past. Let me begin a new journey, a new life with you right now. I invite you into my heart and life. I want you to be Lord of my life. I want you to be the CEO, the one who calls the shots. Lord, thank you for what you're speaking to our hearts. I pray that from this moment you would help us to experience your great love. It is so great that it forgives all the sins of our past. Your love is so great that it goes higher than all of our our stupid decisions. It goes lower than all of our despair and depression and all the dumb things we've done in the past. And it goes longer than our life. Help us to experience your love and to get on the paths you have for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you all. Please drop those cards in the offering plate. I want to pray for you this week. Our staff will be praying for you this week. Church Online, if you'll submit it, I'll get those. I'm going to turn the service over to Phil at Church Online. And Hi, I'm Phil Thompson. I'm the Digital Missions Pastor at Alive Church, a.k.a. Church Online Guy. Thank you so much for viewing today's service. We hope that you enjoyed it. We hope that it encouraged you. And let us know if there's something going on in your life we can pray about. Give us some feedback, perhaps, on the services. We'd love to hear from you. Just click on our prayer, Next Step Connection card, just below the chat here. It only takes about 30 seconds, and we promise no spam. We'd love to hear from you. You can always follow us on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash Tucson and let us hear from you. Again, thank you for viewing the service today. We sure appreciate your time, and have a great day.